This is a Kitty Pod production. From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode 112 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. And a podcast that guarantees that we won't fill those ear holes up with tryptophan. Can you actually do that? I don't know, but that's not for us to ponder. My name is always and of course is Jason Bullet, your humble host. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour, demand the power, too sweet to be sour. Demand the hour, woo, too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you during Thanksgiving week here in the United States of America, 2020. Who thought it would ever get here, all the shit that's going on this year? I'll give you somewhat of a recap in the next episode into a holiday season that's going to be far different than it has been in past years. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you'll certainly know why. You don't need me to tell you. Let's get to my social media plugs here before we get too deep in a hole or I put your ear holes in the tryptophan coma as I mentioned at the top. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. You can also get the episodes on the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. My civilian Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. You can also listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, or the podcatcher of your choosing. There's also my sister podcast and my podcast. Hello. No, happy Thanksgiving, old Clark. Off the gate. <laughs> How about that? Anyway, there's my sister podcast called CR Crime. And I'll plug that at the end of the show. There's a big episode. I can't tell you what it is right now. Just stick around and you'll find out for yourself. Not much happened in the life of J. Michael Bullitt since last I spoke and you listened. But I do have one little thing that I want to mention. It was last week. And you know how sometimes you get spam phone calls? Or you think they're real? Well, I thought I had gotten one of those. And then what I usually do in that instance is I go on my phone, I Google the phone number, and when it turns out to be bullshit, I just don't bother calling them back. Why would I? It'd be a scam waiting for you. Something bad lurking around the corner. So I just delete that phone number off my missed calls or ingoing and outgoing calls. Or incoming, I should say. Ingoing and outcoming. I must be in a turkey coma recording this. I'm actually recording this on Monday night, the 23rd of November, 2020. It is just gone or about a few minutes past 9 o'clock in the evening, if I could be perfectly honest with you. Anyway, last week, back to my story, I got this phone call. Now, I'm not supposed to touch my phone when I'm at work. I can only do it at my desk during break periods, during my lunch break, and I have to shut my monitors off. Both of them. I work with one monitor rather than two. 
But that's not the point of the story. You're probably saying, all right, get to it. Well, one of these calls came and I found out it was a phone number that almost looked familiar. So I Googled the phone number, did my due diligence. Turns out it was my bank that called. Well, whatever could it be? I was thinking, well, did my car get hacked again? Or was there something wrong with one of my accounts? I don't know what was going on there. They also left me a voicemail. So when I was at lunch, I'm in the break room. I unlock my phone. I go to the voicemail. And it was a little message. Hey, just wanted to let you know how you're doing. Just checking in on you. You need any help, just give us a call. Like, I was going through a rough period. Like, a dear friend of mine was calling and saying, Hey, man, I know you're probably going through a rough time. We're here for you. Just give me a call. Send me a text. Do a FaceTime, one thing or another. I thought it was kind of weird that of all things, a bank, my bank, a locally owned bank, I won't give you the name, they're not a sponsor, would give me a call in that instance like I was somebody who had really hit the skids during this pandemic, either mentally, financially, or one thing or another. I felt it kind of odd, but it was very nice of them to do that at the same time. So there you go right there. Oh boy. It's stuff like that that made me think of past times. And as this is episode 112 of the old kitty pod, we're going to take you back to the year 2012. And we're going to hit the Wayback Machine right now. What a year 2012 was in music and pop culture and everything else. And I'm playing into this part of the episode with a song that came in at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. This week, Thanksgiving 2012, Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. This is the year he came into his own. That's from his album, Unorthodox Jukebox. Number one hit, by the way, One More Night by Maroon 5. Not to be confused with the song title, the same name by Phil Collins. Well, the year 2012 was a lot of stuff happened in the news. Well, a handful of things. Barack Obama was re-elected president of the United States, defeated Mitt Romney. Vladimir Putin over in Russia got elected president. Whatever became of him? Glad he didn't mail in any ele- Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Felix Baumgartner took a dive 24 miles above the surface of the earth. Wow. Hope there was a big crash pad waiting for him when he arrived. Well, it wasn't all good news. Unfortunately, there were mass shootings aplenty towards the end of 2012. You'd have thought the apocalypse was coming. Well, it didn't happen, but there were plenty of mass shootings. Late July, Boulder, Colorado, a movie theater got shot up during the midnight showing of The Dark Knight Rises. Then, August 5th, there was a shooting at a Sikh temple in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But most devastating of all was the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. I don't need to go into the details, but it got pretty sad. There was a, a number of kids lost their lives. It was devastating. Natural disasters, too, were in the news 2012, around here anyway. Hurricane Sandy. We were spared the worst of it, but New York City and parts of the Mid-Atlantic, not so much. 
New York really took it in the shorts down in the city. Personally, it was a year of good news and bad news. We had one addition to the family, and that was my nephew, Hunter Kenny, who was born at the end of June 2012. And my mom, God rest her soul, happy Thanksgiving in heaven. Toward the end of March, she retired her, she retired after 20 years or so at the Saratoga County Mental Health Clinic. But the bad news came for her on Labor Day weekend when she announced to the family and all of us that she had a diagnosis of stage 1 leukemia lymphoma. The following month was when cancer treatments began. Had a, quite an interruption after her first treatment. She wound up having to go to the hospital. Well, also in the world of science, I talk about Hurricane Sandy. The Higgs boson was discovered over in Switzerland. Well, we didn't have much for births and debuts in 2012, or at least that I know about. So let's get to the obituaries, and there are a whole bunch of them. Oh, boy. The Grim Reaper had himself a time. It seems like that election year, 2012, 2016, and especially this shitbox of the year, 2020. Boy, I'll be glad when it's over. Get that vaccine for coronavirus and this madness. Gore Vidal passed away in 2012. Great author. Sherman Helmsley. I'm climbing up the ladder of success one rung at a time. George Jefferson himself. He was also in this sitcom called Amen when he played a preacher. George Jefferson moved on up. Not so much to the deluxe apartment in the sky, and they moved up to the hereafter. Etta James, old songstress. Barack and Michelle Obama danced to her signature tune, At Last, at their inauguration in 2009. Joe Paterno, legendary head coach at Penn State. Unfortunately, he died while the program that he helped build was mired in a cloud of controversy over the Jerry Sandusky scandal. A sad end to an otherwise legendary college football career. Don Cornelius hosted Soul Train. He went in 2012. Ditto for Dick Clark, who hosted American Bandstand, which is kind of like Soul Train for white people. Angelo Dundee, a legendary trainer and cornerman in boxing, trained such luminaries as Muhammad Ali. Heard of him? Whitney Houston, one of the songsters of my childhood. Songs like well, I Want to Dance with Somebody and that annoying song from The Bodyguard. Davy Jones of the Monkees, he went in 2012. Robert B. Sherman, he and his brother wrote all these songs for these Disney films way back when, the Sherman Brothers. Andrew Breitbart, right-wing writer and publisher, passed in 2012. His work, sadly, is still with us. Earl Scruggs, flattened Scruggs, banjo player, Foggy Mountain Breakdown, heard of it? He was picking and grinning back in the day. Levon Helm of the band had that studio out in Woodstock. Never visited when I was out there. Rodney King. This is the man who was beaten by four L.A. cops. He almost lost his life in 91. But then the four cops wound up you know, not being convicted. Then you had the L.A. rise the following year. Here's some rather memorable names in the news you may have forgotten about. John Demyanyuk. This was a Nazi war criminal who lived in suburban Cleveland about the late 70s to the early 80s. Nora Ephron, a legendary women's author. Bob Anderson, you may not have heard of him, but he was a film fight choreographer. But before he got into movies, he was a fencer on the British Olympic team and a darn successful one, too. Bob Anderson took the place of Darth Vader in fight scenes in Star Wars. 
Jim Hubert. You may not have heard of him, too, outside of Atlanta. But this is how weird my mind works. I remember the Saturday before the Super Bowl, Cartoon Network would have this special called The Big Game. It was kind of like their parodying of the Super Bowl and the halftime show and all the trappings that come with the big event. Well, one year Cartoon Network decided, well, we're going to do like a little historical mockumentary of sorts, and they had Jim Huber as the host. It was the first time I got to see him. Speaking of people we've seen on television on a regular basis, Mike Wallace, the host of 60 Minutes, long-running CBS News Magazine. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm always safer. I'm Ed Bradley, etc., etc. Mike Wallace's son, Chris, is the host of Fox News Sunday. Junior Seau, this guy played linebacker for the San Diego Chargers and the New England Patriots, a great one at that. Fortunately, died at his own hand due to after effects from CTE. Donna Summer, we lost the Queen of Soul in 2012. And another artist that got tied to the disco era, Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees. 2003, we said goodbye to Maurice and Andy Gibb 15 years earlier in 88. Maurice Sendak, part of our childhood, gone. This is the man who wrote arguably one of the greatest books of the genre, Where the Wild Things Are. I read it as a kid, and I think you did too, if I had my druthers. Carol Shelby, you may not have heard of him, but he was also the man who helped design the Ford Mustang. Richard Dawson. Now, before he got into hosting game shows like Family Feud and appearing in game shows, he was on Match Game as one of the regular panelists. This is the man who was Lieutenant Newkirk on this sitcom called Hogan's Heroes. I love to have been a fly in a wall at the pitch meeting. Hey, listen, we got these POWs, and they cause all sorts of mayhem with these Nazi fights, Colonel Clink and Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing, I see nothing. Schultz! Ray Bradbury passed in 2012. Guy wrote Fahrenheit 451, among other things. Andy Griffith, the man behind the Andy Griffith Show, he passed in 2012. I don't know if you heard Otis the Wonder Dog, but he came into our lives in 2012. A boxer mix. Otis the Wonder Dog. Ernest Borgnine passed in 2012. Airwolf and McHale's Navy, anyone? That's me turning over the paper. There are so many old bits here. All right, we'll just get through some notable ones here, too. I don't want to bore you to death. Sally Ride. This was a trailblazer in space. She was the first female ever to go up into outer space, doing so in the space shuttle. And speaking of people who made their mark in the cosmos, Neil Armstrong passed in 2012. The first man on the moon. Uh, Base here. The Eagle has landed. That's one small step for man. One giant for Actresses Celeste Holm and Lupe Ontiveros passed away in 2012, as did Marvin Hamlish. If you've watched the movie The Sting, you've heard his little... Magnum Opus called The Entertainer. That was his handiwork. Phyllis Diller, a legendary comedian, also left us in 2012. Tony Scott, director of such great films as Days of Thunder. He was the brother of Ridley Scott. Jerry Nelson, another part of our childhoods, went in 2012. This is the guy who was the puppet of The Count on Sesame Street. Ah, 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 ah. Hal David. Worked with Burt Bacharach for many years as a lyricist. Dave Brubeck of the Dave Brubeck Quartet. General Norman Schwarzkopf, the man who was a five-star general 
during the Persian Gulf War in 1991. Actor Michael Clark Duncan, also in 2012, he left us. Sun Myung Moon. Here's a name you haven't heard of. This is the guy who was this religious leader. His followers were called the Moonies. I forgot what kind of cult he led, but I've heard of him. Andy Williams, a voice who you're going to hear during the holiday season coming up. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the holiday season. Oop dee doop. Hickory dock. I wonder, like Andrew Dice Clay. Oop dee doo. Hickory dickory dock. Oh! <laughs> Herbert Lom, who played Commissioner Dreyfus, the arch nemesis of sorts of Inspector Clouseau, Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther How can movies. How an idiot be a policeman? Answer me that! Simple. All he has to do is two senators passed away in 2012, Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania and Daniel Inouye of Hawaii. Alex Karras, he was an NFL football player with the Detroit Lions who later became an actor. He's memorable in my mind for playing the villain Mongo in my favorite movie of all time, or one of my favorites, 1974's Mel Brooks comedy classic Blazing Saddles. Gary Collins passed away in 2012. You may not have heard of him. People my generation probably didn't. But he was a host of this little show called Our Magazine. This was like the golden age of daytime talk shows, lifestyle programs. Russell Means passed away in 2012. He was an activist with the American Indian Movement and led a standoff at Wounded Knee, South Dakota in 1973. That's how he got into history. Larry Hagman. We lost J.R. Ewing and Major Nelson. Both play by the same guy in Dallas and I Dream of Jeannie, respectively. Lucille Bliss, you may not have heard of her, but she was a woman who voiced Smurfette on the Smurfs. We grew up with that shit. Robbie Shankar, legendary sitar player, father of Nora Jones. And two great actors to round up 2012's obituaries. Charles Durning, whom I remember from Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, another one of my favorite films. And Jack Klugman. The guy who played Oscar Madison in the TV version of The Odd Couple was also the husband of Match Game panelist Brett Summers. Well, on to pop culture after all that death. Let's turn to lighter fare to wrap this up. We go to the world of sports. The San Francisco Giants continued their even-year predictability. They won the World Series again in 2012. Meanwhile, the New York football Giants won their last Super Bowl to date, defeating the same team they had beaten four years earlier, the New England Patriots. They didn't come in as a wild card. They had won the NFC East. The Miami Heat won their second NBA championship, but it was the first title of many for LeBron James, who arrived on that team just two years earlier. The Los Angeles Kings won their first ever Stanley Cup in the National Hockey League, but unfortunately, another lockout. Labor troubles plagued the NHL again. However, in the summer, we did have the Olympic Games in London, England. I was something of an Anglophile back in those days, and I was very excited that the Olympics were coming to London. We had to see what British culture was all about. And it was also a thrilling title race, speaking of England. Manchester City won it on the last Sunday of the season, edging out their crosstown rivals, Manchester United, in one of the more thrilling title races in recent Premier League history. Taking it to the movie theater, the cinema, remember that? The best picture of the Oscars was The Artist. Got nominated in 10 categories, won five of them. I made a mistake in the last episode. The 2010 winner 
Now, the winner of the 2011 Oscars, Best Picture 2010, was actually The King's Speech. I made a complete blunder. I apologize for that. I will do better the next time. Meanwhile, the top grossing film in a summer of great films, if you're a superhero buff, you are in high cotton. I mentioned The Dark Knight Rises earlier. The top grossing film of 2012, though, was The Avengers, one of the more anticipated films of the year. Domestic gross in the United States, just over $623 million. In music, Adele had herself a Grammy Award. She won both Best Record and Album. 21 was the album and featured the Best Record of the Year, Rolling in the Deep. However, the biggest news in the music world came on YouTube when an unknown Korean artist by the name of Psy dropped a video of this song called Gangnam Style which became the most viewed video in the history of YouTube. Over one billion views this credit, and we're going to use that song to play it out into our main topic. When it comes to television, a uniquely American holiday like Thanksgiving has gotten half of the rub reserved for its tinsel-draped counterpart, Christmas. Memorable Thanksgiving episodes are few and far between in the history of the medium, but one episode has lived on in the four decades since it first aired. WKRP in Cincinnati premiered on September 18, 1978 on CBS. As the title suggests, the show featured a radio station in Cincinnati, duh, and the situations involving the air staff and the management. The series started when this station decided to switch from an easy listening format to the more popular rock format, possibly in a bid to attract a younger audience. Morning DJ Dr. Johnny Fever, played by Howard Hessman, was the biggest hire brought in by Art Carlson, played by Gordon Jump, you may remember him as the Maytag repairman, who was often the put-upon general manager, as the station's owner was, of all people, his mother. Talk about tough love. Richard Sanders' character of Les Nesman was a sidekick of sorts to Fever, as the misunderstood news anchor. Venus Flytrap, played by Tim Reed, later of Sister Sister fame, rounded out the on-screen air staff. Outside of the jocks, Lonnie Anderson played the busty receptionist Jennifer Marlowe. I'll bet the late Burt Reynolds was watching, hoping to get some of that action someday. Perhaps the most memorable episode of the series came in its very first season, and wouldn't you know, it dealt with this very holiday we'll all be celebrating this week. Turkey's Away, the seventh episode of the season, and thus the series, aired on October 30, 1978 the day before Halloween, or Devil's Slash Mischief Night, if you will. Confusing, no? To give you the Reader's Digest condensed version of the episode, here it is as follows. 
Carlson, who feels like he had been left out in the cold with all the changes brought on by the format switch, decides to capitalize on the holiday by launching one of those crazy promotional stunts radio stations were wont to do during that era. In a bid to get more hands-on in operations, he suggests that a flock of 20, yes, 20, live turkeys be dropped from a helicopter near a shopping plaza's parking lot. What could possibly go wrong, especially when you confide in Herb Tarlick, played by Frank Bonner, and keep this a secret from your underlings? Well, as soon as you can say flip screen, Les Nesman is standing outside the Pinedale Mall when D-Day arrives that fateful morning. Passers-by are at the very least apathetic to what will soon happen as Les feeds the details back to the studio. Soon enough, the turkeys start falling to the ground below, a banner with holiday greetings from the station in tow. Hey, that rhymes. Unfortunately, things eventually go all pear-shaped, and hilarity and mayhem ensue. Those same shoppers were sent running for the hills as the turkeys end up causing all sorts of trouble. Sometime later, Carlson and Tarlick all come back to the ranch with disheveled suits and Les traumatized by what he saw. Arthur Carlson, whose stunt ultimately caused mayhem, soon uttered one of the most memorable lines in TV sitcom history. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> Hugh Wilson, the creator of WKRP who passed away early in 2018, created the sitcom while drawing inspiration from his time working in the sales department of an actual radio station, WQXI in Atlanta, Georgia. They did a similar promotion, only in this case tossing the live turkeys off the back of a truck, but with equally disastrous results. Though Wilson based the episode's plot on a similar stunt done by a station in Dallas. Either way, the episode remains by far and away the greatest Thanksgiving episode of any series in the history of ever. Unfortunately, it didn't help the show's fortunes in the long run, as the suits at CBS kept tinkering with its time slot, ultimately driving viewers away. Three and a half years and 90 episodes later, WKRP signed off for the last time on April 21, 1982, a mere eight months before yours truly came into this earth like a turkey being dropped from a helicopter. Turkeys Away, 
as well as the entire series of WKRP in Cincinnati, is available for on-demand viewing on iTunes and Amazon Prime, so you can relive the mayhem every November or any time. Alright folks, that's enough history. Let's go back to the present in more ways than one, as we take you a little brief trip down to Jason's Sports Corner. And what's Thanksgiving without football? We'll get to that later. But I want to get some other sports that I did not have a chance to get to. And the World Series ended late last month. Congrats to the Los Angeles Dodgers, all my listeners in Southern California. you got to be happy with how the Dodgers won the series. First time since 1988. And guys like Tommy Lasorda made in the team. And Kurt Gibson and Steve Sachs and all them. Mike Shosha. Alfredo Griffin, you name them, they were there. Oral Hershiser, too, didn't want to leave him out. Well, this World Series, the first for Los Angeles. Man, first time in a while that both the Lakers and the Dodgers won championships in their respective leagues. However, it's the MLB side of the equation that everyone is talking about, and not for good reason. Turns out, during Game 6, the clincher, Justin Turner of the Dodgers, the third baseman, don't you know, it came out during the course of the game that... He had tested positive for coronavirus. Yet there he was when the final out was recorded. He went out in the dugout with his mask on, celebrated with the team, posed in the team picture with the championship trophy, and MLB came out not smelling like a rose, far from it. And there you go. That really caused Major League Baseball to have yet another public relations nightmare, in my opinion. But congrats to the Dodgers, and here we are in November, normally a big month for sports. We'd have college basketball starting. As I record this, it'll be Wednesday night. The day this drops are going to be the first game slated, but there's been a handful of games postponed because of coronavirus outbreaks. I think the second wave is going to be worse than what we had back in the springtime. And, you know, we had cop with you. We normally have hockey, but that's not going to be happening for a while yet. NBA looks like they're still on track for a start right around Christmas time. So this November is going to be a lot different sports wise than it has been in recent years. Well, at least we still have football. And speaking of which, we have a special edition of the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. Now, normally, I would take one game from that week's NFL action and give you my picks against the spread. Well, as it's Thanksgiving, you're getting a veritable feast because I'm going to pick not one, not two, but three. Count them three games for this weekend's action as it is Thanksgiving. So without any further ado, let hindrance or delay, here are your official plays for this Thanksgiving week. Maestro? First off, we're gonna start with one of the Thanksgiving games. This is the late afternoon kickoff. The Dallas Cowboys, so-called America's team, will be taking on the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now known as the Washington Football Team, the WFT, if you will. Remember when this rivalry meant something, the NFC East? That was always a fierce rivalry, especially when these, te these two teams, hello, stumble step there, never mind, especially when these two teams met on Thanksgiving. Ooh, it was something back in those days. Well, the NFC East these days could well be the worst division in the history of the NFL. Dallas ain't looking so rosy either, especially since they lost Dak Prescott to a horrific ankle injury. Ironically, against the Giants, believe it or not. So taking all that into account, I'm going to take the WFT plus the points, two and a half. All right, on to the Sunday slate in two games worth noting. The New York football Giants, back to them for a bit. They're traveling to the banks of the Ohio River to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Joe Burrow, the rookie quarterback for the Bengals, suffered a horrific season-ending injury last week against, believe it or not, the Washington football team in D.C. So the Giants won't be staring him down. They're going to get some unknown mook under center. Daniel Jones in a walk, pal. In fact, I only picked this for the kitty pod theme episode that you just heard. But I'm not picking the Bengals. I'm actually going to take the Giants. They're the favorite by five. I'll take them minus the points. Finally, I mean that. You haven't heard that in a while. Oh, the marquee game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Chiefs on Sunday Night Football down there in the desert survived the rally against the Las Vegas Raiders. They survived by the skin of their teeth. Meanwhile, we got Mahomes versus Brady. Need we say more? Tom Brady, that is. In fact, the, the Buccaneers haven't exactly been up to standards yet. Tom Brady, uh, in all likelihood, probably misses Bill Belichick, so I've heard from sports pundits. Well, forget the spread. I'm going to take the over. So to sum it up here, Washington plus the points against Dallas. New York minus five against Cincinnati. And Kansas City and Tampa Bay take the over on that whole deal. And just like that, we finished off a full course meal right here on this Thanksgiving edition of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Had appetite with what happened in my life this past week as well as in the world in 2012. We gave you a main course of pop culture and history. And we finished off with a little sports for dessert. Nice little palate cleanser. We certainly hope you were well sated. And you'll be ready to go again the next time I speak to you. So on that note, I say thanks for listening. I'm thankful for having the support that I have had from you guys. I truly appreciate it. As I say at the end of every episode, I never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. I may have in one respect, but there you go. I apologize for that. Whoever said that, you know who you are. Bill Moen. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for this episode. I wish all of you a happy, bountiful, and safe, and I do mean safe more so this year than ever, Thanksgiving holiday. All best to you and your families during this week. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Once again, happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. The Keep It To Yourself podcast was taped in front of a live, yet limited, masked, and socially distant audience. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh. Thank you.